Welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who and the Sarah Jane Adventures. Um, my name is David, and as always, I am joined by the warlike Matt. Yeah, it was a bit of an uninspired one. I hadn't thought beforehand. It'll do. <laughs> Did you forget your own name? <laughs> For half a second. I'm still getting used to adding Sarah Jane into the... Um, into the uh, uh, opening spiel, it throws you off because after a certain point, it, it it's it genuinely is just purely reflexive. Yeah, and you're just not you know my my brain doesn't engage until uh, two minutes into a recording. There, there session. was just that moment of silence where I could hear your brain going, "Wait, am I Sarah Jane? What's going on?" <laughs> if only. Right. Um, well, David, you know, last week when yeah. we recorded, I was in a yeah. right mood. I wasn't feeling very mm-hmm. well. Yeah. I need to warn you, David, I'm in a right mood. <laughs> okay. I, I made, Duly noted. I made a terrible mistake today. Mm. What um, was that? I, I bought some new work shoes and I decided right. to walk to work in them. And by the time I mm-hmm. got to work, my feet were just bleeding, David. Why didn't I break oh, my new geez. shoes in over the weekend? Yeah. Take them out for a spin at least beforehand. Mm. I, I've yeah. got I, in paper size. I would say it's A five. The flap of skin that's mm. hanging off the back of my heel. Oh, jeez! It's absolutely revolting. Oh, that is that is unpleasant. I did not need that. Do you want, do you want a photo? Supping my post work cup of tea. Ah, oh, dear. Um, um, I'll, I'll just send you a picture. Uh, no, no need, Matt. No need. Honestly, you're all right. Okay. I can, I, I can visualise it just fine. Right. Y- you've sent it anyway. <laughs> I've sent it anyway. Um, what else have we got to talk about? How's your week been? Um, it's been all right. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, what, what was, if was it better or worse once I'd sent you that picture? I've not. I, I'm. I've not looked at it yet. I'd better. I'd better have a quick butchers just for. Uh, just for the sake of the podcast. Oh yeah, definitely worse now. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Did not need that. There we go. There we go. Sharing is caring. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I hope it. I hope matters improve for yeah. you. Yeah. Um. But. Yeah. I don't know. I. I what what sort of shoes do you tend to go for? Uh, I normally wear like uh, an above ankle boot, mm. uh, but I've gone for a nice tan brogue this time. Right. Mm. Lo- long story short, my old work shoes broke, um, and I thought, oh, I'm sure I've got some spare. Looked in my cupboard, a couple of pairs of tan brogues uh, that I bought for a wedding about five years ago. Haven't worn them since. Never broke them mm. in on the day. Wondered why I hadn't worn them since. I distinctly remember my feet hurting a lot at this wedding. <laughs> that would explain it. Yeah, yeah um, I, I, I favour I favour a brown Doc Martin. Ooh. See, yeah. another above ankle boot. Yeah, but the love the lovely thing about Doc Martens is that they're slightly uncomfortable for the first week, and from that point on, they're like second skin. Um, but See, I, I will say I, I, I don't I've look... lost my first skin. 
<laughs> yeah, so you don't just want them to be a replacement first skin. That That's not quite as good. But yeah, I, I don't look after them properly, though. So I will say, like, after about six months uh, when I've got a new, new pair of docks, they very quickly basically resemble tramp shoes. Uh, I, I absolutely <laughs> they, hate they are so scruffy. Get... There's nothing worse than getting rid of a really, really comfy knackered pair of shoes and yeah. quite often I, this makes me sound like I've got some sort of mental illness but I quite often swap like for like, I'll buy the same uh-huh. pair of shoes four times in a row um, mm-hmm. and it, it's never the same is it no, you 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 you've got to you've got to break them in for for a good while. Um, but yeah, um, I mean that that's five minutes on shoes. Should we <laughs> should we announce what episode we're watching this week? Are we watching Warriors of the uh, Warriors of Kudlak? I always want to say Warriors of the Kudlak, but of course that's not the name of the race. Um, yeah. Uh, that's it. I think come, after come last for the week's... shoe talk, stay for the Sarah Jane adventures. <laughs> well, you say that, Matt. I think uh, after last week's, let's be honest, slightly underweight by uh, by our standards episode. Mm. Um, I'm worried we're not going to have a lot to say about this one again this week. Right. Well, as well, well as as well as shoes, I I, mm-hmm. I made three notes I want to talk about today. Right. Uh, okay. So I wrote shoes. Then I wrote song, and then I wrote bread. So which do you want? Song or bread? Mm. Let's go song first. Right. Well, I I don't know if you're aware, David, but Mm. quite often at the start of the Who Can Convince You podcast, they've started Mm. a little, like, karaoke at the opening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And recently... I was lucky enough to guest on their show and we had a conversation yeah. about what is the one song you hate more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, just out of interest, David, what is your song that you hate more than anything else? I, I don't think I have just one is the thing. I would I would have to really sit down and think about that. Um, I, I Don't Stop Believing is up there. Oh, wow. I've, I find that an infuriating song. I can't believe you have stopped believing. <laughs> I think you're does that, does that one not there. wind you up a bit? No, because I, I was raised on Journey. That's the sort of thing my yeah. dad really likes. Um, mm. But mine is Dancing in the Moonlight by Top Loader. Right. Oh, yeah. Strong choice. Yeah. Um, so Harry and Luke decided they'd just cover that. And I'm pretty certain Harry like orchestrated it all himself. Yeah. And they opened their show, dedicated it to me, and every <laughs> every so often would just say, Happy birthday, Matt, even though it's not my birthday. <laughs> right? Which, which in itself is like a genius act of trolling. Like Yeah, that is that is total quality trolling. You know, I, I'm almost sad I didn't think of it first. But then <laughs> recently, this week, I spent a bit of time in the car with my mum. And Mm -hmm. I can't remember what I was listening to. I was maybe listening... I can't remember. But anyway, my podcast feed ticked over to Who Can Convince You. Yeah. And as it began, and it says, you know, this one's for you, Matt. My mum said, are they talking about you? 
<laughs> At which point I had to say, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah. And my mum said, well, why? Why? And I just went, well, I hate that song. And those boys hate me. And my mum kind of looked at me confused for a bit. And then <laughs> she just went, well, I think it's really nice. I like this song. What a lovely little ditty. And I was so angry, David. I should have just... <laughs> I should have just taken the car off a bridge or something. <laughs> uh, is your mum aware of your podcasting life? Like, she, she knows that we do it. She knows that right. like I copied that phone call of her into the podcast. Right, she's aware of that, is she? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very positive listener response to that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, my mum... <laughs> Less positive you know. in her feedback. Right. Uh, I mean, so so no, no chance of it becoming a recurring... No, no chance of it becoming a recurring segment for next no. year, then. I think she told me it's illegal to record someone without their expressed permission. And, <laughs> you know, she was unhappy. But never mind. Yeah. Hey-ho. Um, and then the only other thing I've got written down is Bread. Mm. Bread. What, what Always you, up for a bit of bread chat. What What are your thoughts on bread bowls for like a soup? I've never experienced one, in all honesty. Well, I wish that I had. David, because I knew we Just were doing an evening recording. Mm. I rushed home tonight and I knew for my tea I was having stewed steak. And I even bought myself a big white bowl to make a bread bowl. Ooh. I, I think it's overrated. Yeah? It was it was heavy. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's a lot of bread. Do, you, that's do people really eat the whole thing? Well, I hollowed mine out. Yeah. And now in my kitchen, I've just got a bowl of bread. Like, what am I going to use that for? <laughs> Feed the birds. That's it. <laughs> Tuppence a bag. You could sell it. All right then. Um, so, full disclosure, listeners, my recording just uh, just failed, and we were just doing an impromptu edition of Meal of the Week. Yeah, people <laughs> have that's now landed it. Came back. We've sat and talked about cheese souffles and plowman's lunches. Uh, yeah, beetroot Wellingtons. Yeah, all kinds of amazing stuff. But lost, lost to the mists of time. Sorry, yeah. listeners. Now this this will sound like a bit that we're doing. I promise yep. you it isn't. No, we had a solid ten minutes yeah. on uh, on food yeah. that's gone. Like, literally debated bringing back a meal of the week, and here we are. But anyway, we've got our own regular... We've got, we don't need to, Matt. We've got regular segments to get to. Should we, should, we, um, should we kick things off with the A to Z? Uh, we can. We can. Let me just skip back yeah. on my notes. Right, so David, we've only got two weeks left, including this one. Yeah. We're up to Y in the definitive A to Z of Doctor Who. Mm. As in, why, why did we d- agree to do this? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. David. Mm-hmm. Would you like some episodes that begin with Y? Sure. Ah, well, tough luck. There aren't any. <laughs> yep. Would you like some alien races that begin with why? I, I would like nothing more, Matt. 
Well, tough luck, there aren't any. Yep. Would you like some cast crew companions that begin with Y? Uh, yes, please. You can have Yaz and that's it. <laughs> um, great. I've, I've, I, because I've been underprepared today. Not unlike last week when I, when I pulled up all the um, Tardis wiki um, articles be- uh, beginning with X. I haven't done the same for Y, but if, if you if want, you we, could, one... we can do poetry again. That went down like a storm. <laughs> Did it? Yeah. People been clamouring for a bit of Tennyson from you, have they? Yeah, yeah. We can, we can always drop that in. It's always an option, David. We can always just do steamed hams from The Simpsons. Tell you what, there we go. I've just done it now because I am a spreadsheet wizard. And that's official. Somebody wrote that in an email to me the other day. So I know it to be true. Um, So we have 345 articles beginning with Y. Wowzers. Um, In fact, possibly more. Hang on. Next page. There's a next page here. I've got even more, Matt. I, I need to know the final total here. So let's... We, here we go. All the way up to YY, which I'm presuming is a production code. Um, so there we go. Now, the total is actually 428. So pick a number between 428, Matt. Um, I'm going to go same as last week. My lucky number, 48. 48. So that is Yanis. Should we find out about Yanis? Oh. Let's hope it's not a Torchwood spoiler. Um, here we... Where are we? Yanos. Not Yanos. In fact, I know who mine is. It's not Yaz at all. Is it Professor Yana? Professor Yana. How have I forgotten that? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. I bet that was your pick, wasn't it? Yeah, good, good old... Good old Jacoby. I hadn't thought of, of mine, to be honest. I was I was I was considering Yaz, but it is definitely the obvious choice. So Yanis was the leader of a group of Hyksos mercenaries sent by the priest Horem Shep to kill Amenhotep the Second in uh The Coming of the Queen, which is a prose thing. Ah oh I, yeah, I, I listened to this quite recently, uh, The Eye of the Scorpion. Uh, which is a big Finnish audio, Fifth Doctor, and it introduces one of their original companions, uh, Eremem, who was from ancient Egypt. Oh, wow. Which is, you know, the, the kind of thing that you could only really get away with on Big Finish. I don't think the BBC would be thrilled at the prospect if RTD was like, I've got a great idea for the new companion. <laughs> They're from ancient Egypt. They know absolutely nothing about the modern world. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, it was it was it was decent. I like Aramem as a character. I've only just started uh, with with her sort of run of stories, but I'm enjoying them so far. So there you go. He's a, a minor character from <laughs> a big Finnish audio set in ancient Egypt. Um, should I pick one as well, Matt? Oh yeah, please do. Let's do a random number generator. So. Between the whimsy of which you live your life. 
<laughs> you think? 229 I've got. 229. Ooh, the Yusotega telescope. Let's find out about that, shall we? <laughs> it could be my pick. Who knows? Though it's got to be pretty special to top Yannis. <laughs> a character I didn't remember from a story I listened to about a month ago. Um, where is it? It's hard to find the way thing, these things are. Oh, there we go. Got it on Tardis Wiki. Right. The user take a telescope. Nice lengthy article, this one. Um, an artifact capable of, of tracking the navigator's doomsday machine, the Opsolarium. The telescope could only be used by someone who's been pregnant. It's from a comic called World Without End. That is a very specific... Why could it only be used for... Who creates technology like that? Mm, who that to? <laughs> oh, it's a Torchwood comic. Oh, of course it is. There, that figures. That that's the sort of nonsense they do on Torchwood, isn't it? He says, having seen half of one <laughs> series of Torchwood. Um, yeah, fine. I'm I'm sticking with it, Yanis. That's my pick. You're going Yanis. I'm going Yanis. Screw you, Yaz fans. Wow. Well, I'm going to go like Yanis as a character, but yeah. So, there. Yeah. Right, it's the last week. Strong week, choice. David. We're on to Zed. Bish, bash, bosh. Zed. I think we'll have a little more to work if, with for Zed. If anyone sends in Zygons, I'm warning you all now, you get blocked. <laughs> That's it. Oh. Yeah, that, that could be tricky. Because, I mean, they're pretty, pretty significant. Yeah, but you'll get people it's going, Zygons. oh, it's the Zygon Inversion, the Zygon Invasion. Oh, we love it. Isn't it brilliant? Two was good. Because, because, because it's quite a long story, quite slow a lot of the time, but Capaldi smashes out of the park with a speech at the end. Exactly. Therefore, best whoever. Yeah. Get a life. <laughs> um, I, I keep thinking there's something profound I'm about to say and then I keep forgetting it. Mm. I don't know. Should we do it with I Got Who's For You? Yeah, I suppose we better had, haven't we? go we've got a slash film clickbait here the one doctor who seen stephen moffat wishes he had scrapped <clears throat> what would you guess that is matt oh i don't know it, it must be i, out there I have if, a good guess if it's so out there even moffat won't like it mm. Mm. do you want to find out are we just going with our first hit um i tell you what read me two more um, 
well, that's Doctor Who related at all. That's just a very depressing headline that happens to have the word Doctor followed by the word Who in it. Um, okay, screen rant. Uh, Doctor Who, the timeless child, gives the Doctor a secret superpower. Mm. I mean, is it just regeneration? Or the ability to split that already. Um, oh, that no, that was. Um, that was the Vanquishers, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It all blows into one. Yeah. yeah. Um, who is Beep the Meep? We covered that the other day. Um, oh, this is, this is probably going to uh, swing it for you, Matt. This is from the Lincolnite. Local, uh, local newspaper for Lincolnshire. Excitement as Doctor Who rumoured to film in Lincolnshire this summer. I, I mean, what else is there to that story other than that headline? Oh, well, where in Lincolnshire, Matt? Uh, what I, do they know that we you, don't? Now you've said that, David, I simply must know. <laughs> We're doing it. Okay. Worth noting as well, they've, they've written it, uh, DR Who in uh, time-honoured, lazy journalist tradition. <laughs> um, so this is by Joseph Verdi, local news reporter for the Lincolnite. <coughs> Doctor Who is believed to be heading to Lincolnshire for its 60th anniversary special after Belton House's upcoming closure for filming sparked excitement for fans of the TV show. Oh, that Lincolnite wants me to keep updated by joining the... getting notifications. No, I don't want notifications. Uh, right, Belton House near Grantham. Oh, Belton House? Confirmed it. Yeah. Oh. Do you know Belton that, House? That should be on the front page. If they're filming at Belton. Yeah. It's a big fancy house. Yeah, never heard of it. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. Um, although the exact nature of the filming hasn't been officially confirmed, a popular fan page, Doctor Who page, with over 50,000 followers, was among the sources to say filming on the 60th anniversary is rumoured to be taking place at Belton House in the coming weeks. A spokesperson for Belton House said, I can understand some people not liking the timing of the closure, but it will bring in extra money to help keep Belton House running. We can't disclose any further information about the filming at this time. Um, oh, this this guy's so old school, writing Doctor Who, DR Who, and then we got this. It is rumoured that the opening episode of the 60th anniversary series will be shown on New Year's Day 2023. Have you heard that rumour, Matt? That we might be getting it as early as uh, I, I New Year's Day? Haven't. Yeah. It would be exciting if we do get something a bit sooner, because otherwise it's going to be a heck of a way. Mm. You know, basically a full year of nothing. We'll see the return of David Tennant and Catherine Tate, who previously played the Doctor and his assistant. I love the use of, of assistant. Yeah. That's so Fam 1970s. Famously known as the, the Doctor's assistants, aren't they? All this well, you see, they, 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 they often were back in the day. It's really... Companion has become the, the, the modern parlance for a long time, but, yeah, it was quite common to, to refer to them as assistants back in the day. I think that that feels like something that was really started around the Pertwee era. 
where you could make the argument that, you know, Liz Shaw and Joe Grant really were basically like lab assistants. Mm -hmm. But uh, anyway, uh, Jodie Whittaker returns as the 13th Doctor with three... Um, that's not true. <laughs> this is just actually just incorrect. Jodie Whittaker returns as the 13th Doctor for the three episodes with the final special set to be the last one featuring her in the role... That's not true. It's the centenary special that's airing this year. <laughs> they have not fact-checked that. Actor Shooting Atwell will make his debut as the 14th Doctor after Jodie Whittaker. We assume. We assume he's the 14th. A lot of fans are hoping the original writer of the new generation of the show, Russell T. Davis, will return to Doctor Who to its roots and give it new energy following criticism over the most recent series. Seems unnecessary. To, to, to be going down that route in an article yeah. that's just about whether or not it's going to be airing uh, shooting locally. There's speculation that Belton House could be used as a haunted house after Davis posted a ghost emoji on a post about the show. I, I get the feeling whoever <sighs> wrote this had yeah. the dream of being the number one Doctor Who journalist and got a <laughs> job at a local rag and has used every opportunity possible to just, you know, rag on Doctor Who. Who knows? Who knows what's going on there? But anyway, so possibly there'll be a big old house in some of the upcoming RTD episodes. Or possibly not. It might be something else is filming there entirely. Well. Riveting stuff. This has got to be everyone's favourite segment of the podcast, right? Uh, I don't know. I enjoy it. It's high just, quality podcasting. When, when it's a slow news week, we all suffer. <laughs> what are you talking about? That was that was a veritable bombshell. Uh, all right then. All right then. Um, I guess it's time to move on to. Um, the small matter of Warriors of Kudlak. Yeah, yeah. The 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 fourth official uh, Sarah uh, Sarah Jane adventure story. I, guess. I think so. Have we got two more yeah. this series? Uh, let's see. This one, and then I yes, I believe. That is correct. Yes. Yeah, two more stories after this one. Right. Well, do you want some listener tweets? I suppose we'd better. Um, I don't think I, you know, I went to the effort of putting out that tweet for you. Yeah, there was week. a bit of a mix-up this week where um, I was without my phone for a few days. So, yeah. let's have a look. Um, oh, we've got a few. We've got a few. Yeah. Right. The first tweet comes from Mr. James Courtney. Say hello, David. Hi, James. Who says, this is a sensitive portrayal of Laser Quest. <laughs> <laughs> After last week's shenanigans. Oh. Uh, credit where credit's due. <laughs> 
one's good. Yeah. Right. Then we got a message from James's new podcast, Sarah Jane, We Need You, who says, I remember it being a cool idea as a kid. And mm-hmm. why is for Yeti? Oh, yes, Yeti. Why did we mention the Yeti? Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> We've uh, already been referenced in Sarah Jane Adventures. Have they? Yeah, they were referenced in um, <clears throat> Eye of the Gorgon last week. Uh, uh, what's her face? The the uh, the lady with Alzheimer's who had the adventuring life with her husband. They, I'm sure there was a Yeti name drop in right. that. Uh, and then as part of that tweet, James tags in at Rebecca TV, that is, mm-hmm. or Lil Romana, as she is on Twitter, who says, a fun episode, and Grantham is exceedingly sexy with two kisses. Well, there you go. Yeah. An adult wrote that tweet, David. <laughs> Good to know. Right. <laughs> then we're on to BT Flibbity Giggard. Say hello, David. Greetings, curator. Who says, between this and the nine book winner takes all, you can really tell this stuff was being written by a bunch of middle-aged grunts who didn't like that kids were playing video games. That being said, <laughs> the alien design is very cool and well-realised. Why is for Yarveling? If you know, you know. Well, I don't know, BT, all right? Yeah, to be honest, nor do I. Maybe one day I will. Well done, BT. You've made me and David look really silly. (laughs) Hope you're proud. Right. You know he is. Mm. Out of spite, I'm definitely not bringing back Meal of the Week now. (laughs) Right. Then we have James Swifty Swift. Say hello, David. Hi, James. Who says, I really didn't like this story. It felt very much like old men trying to figure out what kids like these days. I get that is just what the show is trying to do, but this episode goes too far in the wrong directions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for a response to just I, I, silence them. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I mean, I don't really know what to say to that. Um, possibly. it's it, without Without the context... Of having seen the rest of Sarah Jane Adventures, I'm I'm left kind of wondering like, I mean maybe this is just it. Maybe this is just what the vibe of it's going to be like the whole way through. Mm. I, I sort of hope not. I just think if you don't know what to say, David, should we just bring back cool tweet, bro? What's next? Sure, that would be helpful. I, I think we're going to need that for Sarah <laughs> Jane Adventures, aren't we? Frankly, I think we're going to need. <laughs> need to institute a policy of cool story bro what's next at this rate yeah right the next tweet comes from Ariel say hello David hi Ariel who says I thought the themes about war and the exploitation of youth were pretty well done for a kids show and the moment they saw the earth from space was cool the anti video game message was silly and unnecessary and why is for Yaz Yep. I mean, I I think there there is certainly a very good argument that that Yaz ought to have been the pick, really. 
But it's too late now. No, no. It's it's in the annals of history. Screw them. We don't need yeah. a bow to peer pressure. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, then we have a message from Sonia, who says, I haven't gotten to the episode yet. Ah. Uh, I mean, to be fair to Sonia, she's got a lot on her plate at the moment. Yeah. But then she says, why is for Yaz, but specifically... Yaz with Dan and Jericho. Ah, right, yes, yeah. God, you know, the more I think about it, the more I really want a one-off Big Finish box set with those three. Oh, we don't need masses and masses, but give me just, like, three or four episodes to fill in that those couple of years. Yeah. Do you not think, Matt? I, I think so. I think there was that an opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess we don't need to necessarily be thinking in terms of Big Finish uh, spin-offs for everything these days. You know, if rumours are true that RTD is hoping to 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 expand things in, 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 in a um, MCU-esque direction when he takes the reins again. Who knows? Maybe we could we could see it as a genuine like limited series thing. Yeah, on the I think actual I'd go telly. Yeah, it'd give us something to watch instead of Sarah Jane Adventures, wouldn't it? It would, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. Final tweet of the week, David, comes from those rascal boys at the Who Can Convince You podcast. Say hello. Hello. Uh, now, silly, because on my message on my tweet when I retweeted this. I said, send yeah. us your thoughts on this week's story, the A to Z or any other rubbish we like to talk about. So they've asked for I think our opinions on drumming David. Right, okay. okay. I, I mean, just drumming it as a practice? Well, or? specifically, what are your opinions on traditional grip versus match grip? Personally, <laughs> I'm guessing this is Harry, Says traditional yep. grip gives you way more control. I I wouldn't know where to start. Mm. Well, I can I can tell you some of my favourite drummers if you like. Uh, just tell us one. Oh, just one. I mean, you know what? When it when it comes to prog drummers, the obvious answer is Bill Bruford. Right. Or, or Bill, Neil Peart, if right. you're into We're going for Bill Bruford. Rush, but... We haven't. We're not. No, going no, no. The point is, we're rock. not. We're not. I'm saying that's the obvious choice. I didn't say that is my choice. Because I'm going to say, Alan White. He, he passed away recently, and despite taking over from Bruford in Yes in 1972, there's still people out there who only talk about Bruford's contributions. Whereas, Alan White was the drummer for Yes. And uh, did incredible work. Uh, when he t when he took um, took over from Bruford, uh, they were days away from starting their Close to the Edge tour, and he had like three days or something to learn some of the most complex music in the history of rock, and he smashed it out of the park, and you know it's there for the world to hear on uh, the triple live album Yes songs. So. That's a recommendation for you, listeners. David, I've never been more offended. This is a Bruford <laughs> household. I 
thought I'd, <laughs> thought I'd raised you better than that. You know, wash that bloody Alan White out your mouth, all right? <laughs> Bruford till the day I die. Yeah. To be fair, Bruford is freaking great. Yeah, thank <laughs> you very much. Anyway, um, do you know, me, me and Harry have got uh, a little secret WhatsApp uh, thread now because you, you all get got grumpy with us talking about prog. Good. On the main group. Keep that crap so we out just of our each, WhatsApp group. We just send each other li- uh, links to old grade whistle test clips. <laughs> it's great. Uh, the two of you are so flawed, but I love you both so much. <laughs> Also, I, I forgot to mention this up top. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 well, speaking of who can convince you, they're sending us mm-hmm. a gift. Ooh. I, I don't know what it is. Harry just sent me a message this week, and he just said, do you want a gift? <laughs> um, That's then, ominous. Then I said yes and sent my address, and then maybe a day later, I just got a message that says, the gift has been sent. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? How exciting. Mm. Um, all right, then. Next. So that does it for tweets, does it? Yeah, it's episode time. Right. Okay. Matt, did you like Warriors of Kudlak? Um, I might give this good episode some bad bits. I, I think I, that's fair. I, I know people were, like, hating on... Oh, excuse me. I just did a big bread bowl burp there. Um, <laughs> oh, I can taste that stewing steak. I'll tell you that. Um, I think this is the best of a bad bunch. I quite like this. Yeah. It's 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 solid, if workmanlike. Yeah, is is where I where I I'm landing on it. So, uh, I think there were elements of Eye of the Gorgon that I enjoyed more because they they played more into my personal interests. You know, what, um, the sort entry. of <laughs> not so much that, but the kind of the the, the use Shouting of things at like people with you know deteriorative diseases. Yeah, no, that's what I'm really into. But that's definitely what I was I was uh, referring to there. Uh, but anyway, so I, I would say I'd like that style of story. But I think this story was probably better executed if somewhat less original. Mm. Um, I, I kept thinking, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. But I was certain we'd seen almost an identical story to this in Doctor Who. And I couldn't work yeah. out which episode. It's. I think it's because <laughs> the writers for Sarah Jane Adventures have essentially just got RTD-era Doctor Who plot elements on, on like, Tombola balls. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they just just cycle through, pick three or four. Okay, here we go. So we've got children being kidnapped. We've got um, uh, ancient warrior race. <laughs> um, uh, we've got ham-fisted uh, commentary about um, current day issue, in this case, violent video games. Yeah. 
Um, it, it's. I don't want to sound too cynical about it because I think it's it's definitely it's hearts in the right place. I think what I'm really struggling with with um, Sarah Jane Adventure so far is that it is similar to Doctor Who, but its similarity only serves to remind me of what it lacks that Doctor Who has, namely the Doctor and the TARDIS. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on that. Yeah, Uh, to to me, the Doctor and the TARDIS are the best things about Doctor Who. You know, the the character of the Doctor and, and having that magic door to go anywhere. Whereas this, every week we have to start on some, you know, dreary British... Uh, I, you know, cul-de-sac. I, I think the concept of, you know, a simple group of humans trying to solve doctor-level issues without the doctor is quite an mm. intriguing one. But the fact is, yeah. every week they just use the tactics the doctor would use, but as we've said, instead of a sonic screwdriver, there's K-9's Willy. Instead of the TARDIS, yeah. it's the Attic. <laughs> Like, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the most egregious example for me this week was um, the, the gadget the, that Sarah Jane makes. Yeah. She never had that, that ability in Classic Who. That feels so out of character. For, like, she, she's never had, like, mad scientist vibes. Ever. So to suddenly be doing that, and yes, I'm sure, oh, it's alien technology, she picked it up on her travels, yada, yada. I don't know, that to me felt like a writer who wants to be writing Doctor Who but is struggling to do so without having access to the character of the Doctor. Mm. Um, I, I almost think this would be a better series if it wasn't in the Doctor Who universe. And it yeah. was just... A Scooby Doo style kids show, but with with more of a emphasis on like sci fi elements. It, it you know rather that than could like work. an homage, a tribute, a spin off, whatever. It just feels like a cheap knockoff. Mm, yeah, so I, I'm hoping, I'm I'm hoping that that is essentially growing pains, and by the time we're getting into series two, series three. Um, the, 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 the writing team have found a direction for the series that makes it feel more like its own thing. Hmm. Um, but we're not there yet, I don't think. What if it doesn't? What if it's just this forever? Then I think I will have appreciated the opportunity to finally engage with it because it's a big chunk of the you know the show's modern history that I basically had on the back burner for a very long time. Um, and it will, it will languish as a sort of like three, you know, three out of five. It was okay. I guess kind of experience for me. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I've yet to have that Sarah Jane story that to me, uh, just, absolutely knocks me off my feet mm-hmm. i want that i want that experience from this i don't know whether i'm ever going to get it or not 
whether that's too high an expectation to have. Um, but if it's not capable of doing that, then to me it's always going to feel lesser than Doctor Who. Because Doctor Who, Doctor Who does do that to me one, at least once per series. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, but I don't I don't want to be like a downer because I think this is also part of the problem of coming at this from a place of absolutely zero nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I'm not I, I wasn't a kid during this period and I also don't have any particular affection for the RTD era. I think I'm going to I mean we've got one episode left of the Chibnall era so I'm not going to say definitively yet. But I am erring towards the feeling that actually RTD's era is my least favourite of New Who. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was bad. It has a lot of great stuff in it that I really love. But I I prefer, in a lot of ways, the tone of the Chibnall era, and I and I absolutely adore the Moffat era. Um, whereas RTD for me there is an underlying cynicism that I find challenging sometimes. Um, Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, aren't we? Let's just talk about Warriors of Kudlak. Let's just crack on with it, Matt. Right, so, Warriors of Kudlak. I can can go home and see my family again. Aired on (laughs) the 15th of October, 2007. Anything special about that date for you, David? 15th of October, 2007. Um, I would have no. I would have been like halfway through my degree. Yeah. At that point. It's fine. Um, it was my twenty-second birthday, but don't worry about it. Yeah, it's right. I, I mean, we we hadn't met at that stage, so you know. Yeah. Uh, it was Seems also on the twenty. Unreasonable. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, you never know. We could have <laughs> like crossed paths. It could have been like some sort of sliding doors moment. Yeah, well, weirdly, you did go to university. Uh, am I allowed to say where you went? University of Northampton. Yeah. Northampton, yeah, which of course is uh, the the town in which I was born, but had moved away from by the time uh, you uh, you were at university there. So. so did you spend a lot of time growing up in Northampton, or were you just born there? Uh, I lived in Daventry, so it was our nearest big town. Ah, okay. So, you know, I'd, I'd go there on a Saturday. And, so, are you, you familiar know, with the Grosvenor Shopping Centre? Oh, I love the Grosvenor Shopping Centre. Uh, what about it's the where, bus... It's where I bought all of my classic BBC comedy cassettes. What about the bus station upstairs in the Grosvenor Centre? That was always a joy. I can't, don't know that I can remember that. It's so long ago. Uh, what about the lovely Market Square? Oh yes, yeah. They used to be back in the day. There was a um, at the market. There was a a stall with a guy selling uh, like old Nes cartridges and stuff. Oh, wow. This would have been in the era of um, I don't know things like the the Dreamcast and the PS One were making an appearance. But my brother and I had like a Nes and and a Mega Drive, so we used to get like cheap old NES games uh, on that market still. So very fond memories of that. Uh, I could just talk about it all day. I love the race course. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I used to I mean, live it's on a, Let's be honest. It's a, ve- 
It's a very grey town. Oh, it's absolutely. Let's not beat around the butch. It's not pleasant. I wouldn't say that. No. Um, Yeah, I'm just. I mean, it works works for Alan Moore, though. Yeah, have I ever told the story about when I saw Alan Moore in Northampton? Uh, yeah, you know what? I think you have. I think probably this entire conversation is a repeat of something we probably did around episode 10 yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, so if you want to hear an analogy about when I saw yeah. Alan Moore, go back and listen to the very beginning. Yeah. Anyway. Right, Warriors of Kudlag, written by Phil Let's do it. Gladwin and directed by name, Charles I think. Martin. I don't think we've heard either of them before. No, no. So, uh, fair to say, this this chap not one of the ones who 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 made the crossover into to Doctor Who proper. Mm. At least, not not on the telly. But uh, yeah, the the script is not the thing that that I think particularly lets this story down. Yeah. I so agree uh, with that. yeah. Right. So, we open at Combat 3000. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ah. Uh, speaking of which, uh, so, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on, on Laser Tag? Um, I've been uh, to Laser Tag on the a few times as a child. Yeah. But I think there reaches a point where you tip over into paintballing. Right. I've never done paintballing. I've only done laser tag once, and it was in Northampton. Oh wow! Yeah, um, it was one of the things where, like, I I think someone from my mum's work had organised it, possibly as a sort of team building thing. But me and my brother were like old enough that we'd get a kick out of it, so we we came along, and uh, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I'm not an athletic. Uh, even as a child, I was I, I was not fast, so I don't think I did particularly well. I I got shouted at at the Laser Quest in the Metro Centre in Newcastle. Right. Because just this bloke that worked there came in and just started shouting at me and said that I'd been pushing little kids about and stuff. And I was like, No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, no. And then it was one of those scenarios where the more you argue, the more you have to think, am I in the wrong here? But I was just like, I haven't. <laughs> and oh, it was horrible. I think at a certain point, you you know, you're just going to be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a grown man in a laser tag. Uh, I've, I've possibly, uh, you know, this is not the hill to die on. <laughs> no, like at the time, I was about 15. All right, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, you would have been. I would have been filled with indignant rage if that had happened yeah. to me then at that age. Yeah. Absolutely really put, seething. Really put me off my Subway sandwich or McDonald's, whatever I had afterwards. Mm. Right. Well, anyway, there you go. So yeah, we're at Laser Quest, where a boy is trapped in a room. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, and he's beamed up to the mistress. Mm. Bit confusing after the whole. K9 calling Sarah Jane mistress, but it's a different mistress. It is a different one, yeah. Uh, Luke tries to crack a few jokes with Maria. Yeah. And then Grantham, 
Don't forget, he's very sexy, David. Um, yeah, I mean, what that, that was the first time he came on screen, my first thought was, for what a stunner. Yeah, I put sexy, two kisses. Um, yeah. And he inexplicably is holding some pliers and shouts at Luke. Mm. Yeah, why is he holding pliers? <laughs> yeah, inexplicable. Because he's not like a handyman, is he? No. But he gives some money anyway. <laughs> for... Sorry, he gives a voucher for some money off Laser Quest. Right. Because uh, he's working for an alien that wants children. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we jump straight into that plot line because Sarah Jane is meeting the mother of a missing child called Lance. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jane's reporting on a spate of runaways. All the boys have been going down the arcade. I don't think yep. I like video game arcades, David. I think I'd rather just sit on my I, own at home and play. I I never had much experience of them growing up because like there wasn't one sort of within walking distance of me when I had pocket money to be mm. blowing on such things. So yeah, and I was always more of an at-home gamer, so, yeah. Okay. I think that if you were... So, I think possibly we would just attach past the peak. Yeah, when, you know, we when were we were kids. Yeah. yeah, so... Uh, the, the, I, I can sort of... I can see why it's the sort of thing that, that, that fills certain people with, uh, you know, romantic, nostalgic recollections, but... Uh, Nah, they've never been sort of like places of, of, of enormous appeal to me. So we go to the attic so we can discuss it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to read my next two lines verbatim here, David. Go for it. Uh, Sarah Jane shouts at Clyde, but it's all Luke's fault. He made up the Lance Corporal joke. Sarah Jane immediately forgives Luke, showing maddening double standards. <laughs> when Clyde does he's it, so he's a naive. bully. When Luke does it, it's, oh, Luke, oh. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got to be honest. I really hope... Uh, one of the ways you can improve Series 2 is by getting over this whole Luke knows nothing about anything like newborn puppy vibe that they've I mean, got going on with him at the moment. It is getting old fast. Well, last week I accused Sarah Jane Smith of grooming these youngsters. Mm -hmm. This week is she racist? It's like Clyde can do no right in her eyes, but when it's little old Lou, yeah. the whitest boy I... on earth. <laughs> I don't... I don't think she's racist. Um, it... it, it <laughs> we, I think it's too early to tell. Let's, let's, let's just say we should keep a close eye on how her relationship with Clyde develops. Yeah. Over the coming weeks. Yeah. Let's just say it's like Sarah Jane's being relieved of duties whilst the board of director conducts a thorough investigation. Let's just <laughs> accuse her of racism without outright saying it. Right. Yeah. Strongly uh, implied. Lance, yeah. 
Lance's friend Brandon is great at video games. There was a storm that lasted for two minutes, and that's when Lance vanished. Oh, there's another thing that feels very um, cribbed from RTD. Um, the, the, the storm transmat thing, like... Because it wasn't a direct take on what was done in Smith and Jones with the Jadoon. Mm. Because with that, they had they had the the added detail of the rain going upwards. But still, they've gone with the, the a localized storm being the sign of this transmat being used. Um, yeah, which is a missed opportunity yeah. there. Yeah, so but, a, a classic example of they did it on Doctor Who, but they did it better already. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. Right. Clyde comforts Luke. They just go to some swings yep. for a bit. Uh, Good luck, the alien vows to bring Mistress more kids. Sarah Jane gets Mr. Smith to cross-reference the storms that have been happening against the missing kids, and there's been 24 yeah. possible links. Can I ask, how are you feeling about Mr. Smith at the moment? He's just, he's just there when the writers can't be bothered, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, definitely, it's pure, ex, you know, info dump. I have a theory, and I haven't checked this yet. But I have a theory that a lot of these stories, at least in the first series, would have been written at a point where they thought they were going to have the rights for K nine. Mm. And then at a certain point, they're like, ah, we can't. Bob Baker's asking for too much for K9. So we'll just we'll just invent a new computer thing. Because some of his lines, they've had this, uh, that little hint of K9 sass to them. Mm. You I know mean, how, how, how K9 can be a exactly, bit sassy sometimes. Yeah, Mr. Smith does exactly what you would ask K9 to do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I can see it f fulfilling that role, but of course, Mister Smith has a disadvantage that he's not a cute little robot dog that can trundle around and shoot deadly lasers out of its nose. It'd be like next week so, if I said, "Oh, I've got a new co-host. Uh, he's a father of one, first-time father. <laughs> he really likes his poetry yep. and prog rock." Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rupert. <laughs> And, I'm, and, and it's not explained any further than that. I'm never appear on the podcast again. Yeah. 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 He's exactly the same as you, but he says waka waka like Fuzzy Bear when he <laughs> makes a joke. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that does sound like an improvement. Oh. It's just a subtle hint I'm dropping in there for you, David. <laughs> right. You do know the next time one of us makes a joke, we're going to be fighting to shout waka waka. <laughs> Most likely. Right. Uh, Sarah Jane lectures Maria about energy whilst building something. Clyde and Luke go to combat 3000 while Sarah Jane and Maria go up a hill. Uh, yes. They want to check some storm energy and it begins raining jelly beans. Yeah, because they, they, they have this whole wacky contraption thing. Mostly looks like a brass band that's been through a mangle. Um, it, oh, I don't know. But I, that would have been at the same I've, I've time, already... wouldn't it? When Tennant was flying the TARDIS by hitting it with a mallet and bike pumps and stuff. 
It just yeah. stinks of rip-off. <laughs> yeah, that was. I think that scene was the most egregious example of that, with the possible exception of, of a sonic lipstick usage later in the episode. Um, but that, to me, felt like the moment where it was like, you're not writing for Sarah Jane, the character that has been, at this point, extremely well-established over decades worth of TV and, and spin-off media, um, you are instead just writing for a generic poor man's Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Right. So it those, gets better from that point on. Those jelly beans are actually entanglement shells. Uh, they're used in terraforming to encourage rainfall, but they're also a sign of teleportation. So, whilst Luke and Clyde play Laser Quest, Sarah Jane detects yep. that the Laser Quest is at the heart of the storm. Mm. As part of the Laser Quest, Kudlak recognises Luke as a fine warrior. And he's invited to take part in the Level 2 contest. Ooh. Uh, I did like this little bit where Sarah Jane checks into Combat 3000 and the receptionist just hates everything. Yeah. She was the real star of this story, that receptionist. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're not you're not you're not persuaded by Grant uh, sexy Grantham and his his uh, performance then. Ah, uh, don't forget it's sexy Grantham with two kisses. Yeah. I, I'll say it before, David, I'll say it again. An adult sent us that tweet. Right. The thing about about Grantham as a character is, it like, is he so sexy? I don't know. I, no, it, it's like he's. I get having a one note villain sometimes. That can be fun. But like, he's he has the bearing of a used car salesman. But he is amoral to the point that he is happily you know, trafficking children uh, to an alien race to fight in a war and is 100% aware of that. And that is evil to a level that stretches credulity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I, can't, I can't believe in someone who is, on the one hand, that dull and on the other that openly absurdly evil what what i again this is tropey beyond trope is the yeah. bad guy that's like screw the human race i'm gonna be rich in mars dollars i'm gonna go live with yeah. the martians and we all know what's coming they always get betrayed yeah but even that would have would have made more but there's no sense that he's you get the feeling that he's like like maybe he's being like earning a regular wage. What is his plan? Yeah. <laughs> like, is he is he gonna be hanging out with um with 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 Kudlak and his race after this scheme's paid off? Well, that's it. This what? yeah, they're, they're not going for global domination. They run a back alley laser quest. <laughs> Like to be fair, it is it is a national franchise. Like if if I met a real alien, right, 
Yeah. If I was entirely convinced, I meet E.T. And yeah. for the first hour, I'd be like, holy shit, this is big. Like, life is out there. This is magnificent. Mm. And I'd be like, E.T., what are you doing on this planet? Are you studying us? You know, are you invading us? Are you assimilating us? What is this? Yeah. And he just goes, no, actually, I, I just run the laser tag. <laughs> Do you, want, do you want to come play Laser Quest? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I don't know. It's... I, mean, I just... I, I I might. Every Laser Quest I've been to has been joined onto a bowling alley, so make a day of it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you could. Anyway, but yeah, that's just... Uh, I, 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 I do struggle with Grantham as a character because it's just like, I don't, I don't get why he's doing any of this. Because we're told he's, he's evil, but we're not told why. Because he's sexy, two kisses. Yeah. Oh You're not letting that one go, are you? No. Every week now, I'm going to read the tweet that infuriates me the most. I'm just... That's just <laughs> joke of the week. <laughs> right. Uh, where are we? So, yeah, Sarah Jane checks into Combat 3000... Good luck watches her on the CCTV searching for clues and Mr. Grantham steps in to stop them. She accuses him of being involved in all the missing kids. So he just whips out a gun. Doesn't even deny yeah. it. Doesn't even go, oh, no, 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 you've got no evidence. Straight away, guns out, funds out. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. He's not, he's not even like a good criminal. Because, you know, a, a career criminal doesn't just whip a gun out at the first sign of trouble. No. You know, they it's try like... to minimise their incriminating behaviour in front of investigative journalists. Yeah. Last act of a desperate man, and it's his go-to move. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Clyde anyway. and Luke win their game as a storm approaches. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Jane uses Canine's dick to immobilise Grantham and escape. Uh, yeah, he just, she just like, but she uh, and it, it, maybe it is Canine technology because she just just like shoot a laser at him from it, and like, how does that work? Because normally, the sonic screwdriver, you know, it will mess with technology. It will open locks. It will fritz a robot. It won't just incapacitate a human being. Yeah, I don't really it, know. It's not a gun, is it? But here, Sarah Jane basically uses it as a stunning, as like a phaser. Well, I think Star Trek. I'm certain later on we might talk about that some more. Because yeah. the understanding of how electricity works in this series is mind-boggling. Mm. Right. It, it, it's, yeah, okay, <laughs> let's crack on. We're in episode two now. Uh, Sarah Jane and Maria escape. Kudlak yeah. shouts at Grantham and threatens to kill him. Uh, yeah. Luke and Clyde are grabbed by some guards while Sarah Jane summons Mr. Smith. Now, annoyingly, because I'd watched this back to back, I'd already mm. seen Mr. Smith. I didn't need a big grand reveal of Mr. Smith. But we've got this <laughs> weird thing where Sarah Jane goes, Mr. Smith, I need you... And then yeah. it's like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as the room transforms. But I'm like, yeah. I know what Mr. Smith is. He's just a big computer. We saw him in the last episode. 
Why are we yeah. doing this big reveal? They've invested money in that sort of, you know, whatever sort of pneumatic parts they need to to pop him out. But I'm going to be honest, the end result is not impressive. He gets this big, like, stirring, dramatic music sting and everything. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just a big computer. It just sort of pops out of a wall. Yeah. And I also don't understand, like, why does Mr. Smith need to be hidden? Like, he's already in the attic room of a private house and presumably Sarah J. Smith locks a door. What, why, why does, why is he hiding in a little cubby hole when he's not being used? But it could is, just be, you know... Is that Sarah Jane Smith's catchphrase? Like, oh, It seems to be at the moment. Mr Smith, I It certainly seems to be something they're doing as, as a catchphrase, but, yeah. Yeah. And is he called Mr yeah. Smith because she thinks it's her husband in the same way she thinks Luke's her son? I think the implication was that, you know, she's been living on her own a long time. <laughs> And so she she nicknamed her 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 alien supercomputer Mister Smith. What? A sad I don't know. I don't. I I don't hate that as a as a detail, but yeah, at the moment the Mister Smith scenes do just have me pining for K nine. I'm gonna what, be honest. What if she gets promoted in the Bannerman Road Gazette or whatever she works for? And she moves to a new office. Oh, do you think do you think her newspaper it literally is just for one street? Well, yeah, it all happens then. <laughs> it um, seems that. Way. Like, what if you were sharing a desk and you just look across at her family photo on the desk, and it's her, <laughs> a, a boy so white he looks like a newborn fish, and they're just holding up like an Amstrad. <laughs> like, like there, there's Daddy. There, there he is. Is a ZX Spectrum. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> wacker, wacker. Yeah. Wacker, wacker. Right. Um, we find out Kudlak is an Uvodni, and we get his backstory. We find out that he's recruiting young people, not kidnapping them. Yeah. Uh, Luke and Clyde escape the crate that they were in and free all the other children who have exactly the mm-hmm. same story of being kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, Grantham. Oh, is this where we, we get the reveal of... Oh, what, I forget the girl's name. Or is that a little bit later? Uh, no, I think this back? is now. Yeah, because, yeah, like, Clyde's reaction to that girl, where he's like, he's just realised he's been, like, kidnapped by aliens... But still, the second they reveal that goes, just like, oh, hello. It's just like, flipping, there's a time and a place, Clyde. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, so, Grantham breaks into Sarah Jane's house. Mm-hmm. And Maria electrocutes him. This is the point I was worried about. I'm certain Grantham is holding Sarah Jane, but Maria yeah. pumps like 10,000 volts through Grantham. But it doesn't affect yeah. Sarah Jane in the slightest. So it oh, do- who knows? It May- doesn't conduct a- alien alien technology magic. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. So um, though it's worth noting, this is the second story on a trot on the trot where Sarah Jane's house has been broken into. I know. Like I guess that's maybe why Mister Smith has to hide away. 
Yeah. <laughs> if he's just like, she just gets broken into every other week. Yeah. That's what we'll do this year for the Wheelie Big Quiz. We'll just raise money for a security firm to go look after Sarah Jane's house. <laughs> yeah. Put locks on. Yeah. Um, right. Luke and Clyde find Lance and hide from the guards and trap the guard in a crate. Uh, they realise they're floating above the earth and are stopped by Kudlak. Yeah. Uh, we get the big reveal of the mistress. She just looks exactly the same as Kudlak. Yeah. I thought we were going to get something like, you know, Queen of the Ragnos, like a big reveal that was going to be sinister and different. It's just identical. Mm. Uh, no, it's... Uh, but I will say, I, I like the design of the... What are they called? Evodny? Is that what they are? Yeah, the Evodny. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it says something that... Because this obviously has a lower budget than Doctor Who. I don't think, uh, you know, they're fooling anyone in that regard. Um, but, you know, for sort of circa 2008, l- less money than, than Doctor Who, it, it says something that the Avodney looks much more convincing and is much more expressive than the Sea Devils looked. In Legend of the Sea Devils this year. Yeah, do you know what? You raise a good point there. That is, I would say, true. Yeah. I, so, yeah. And that pains me as a Sea Devil fan to be saying that. But, you know, the, the I think it's it's helped by the design of the mask. It allows the actor's jaw to, you know, still function as normal. So... They, they just get a bit more expression out of it. See, I'm just, I was just looking there to see what type of children's television was being uh, released around the same time with this. Yeah. Um, but I, I managed to find the TV schedule for the 5th of July uh, and it, it just seems to be reruns of Chuckle Vision. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to compete with that, to be fair. I was just seeing if I could find the fair grounds for comparison, but nothing matches Chuckle Vision. Right. To be to be fair, to be fair, this is kind of... You, you don't get many shows like this. No. Um, and I, and I, 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 I totally understand why, if you were a kid when this was on this would have been incredible and would have been a great way to tide you over between series of uh, Doctor Who. I definitely get that. Um, Because, you know, back in the day, I was obsessed with Demon Headmaster and Aquila and and shows like that because proper science fiction on kids' TV is so rare. Um, But, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Right, Sarah Jane makes Grantham take her to the teleporter and we find mm-hmm. that Kudlak just simply dreams of peace. He's worryingly not heard from the front of Miss Wall for ages. Yeah. Uh, Luke manages to hack a computer with Clyde's mobile, which really does drive home the idea that the writers know nothing about technology. 
<laughs> but to be fair, Luke is some sort of, you know, alien genius mm. and whatever. So they run about for a bit while Sarah Jane gets teleported. And Sarah Jane mm-hmm. and Maria stare at the Earth. Yeah. yeah. Nice moment. Yeah, especially when she says, you know, oh, I never thought I'd see this again. Yeah. Um, Sarah Jane talks to the mistress whilst Luke tells Kudlak the war is over. The Emperor has agreed mm-hmm. peace. He'd found a message yeah. from the Emperor in the databanks. He plays it to Kudlak. And it turns out that the mistress is a computer that had been programmed yeah. for war. It had never been programmed for what to do when the war was over. It simply knows how to prolong and fight the war. Uh, I quite like this twist. Again, it reminded me a lot of... Is it the Doctor's Daughter where the war yeah. seemingly has gone on forever, but it's not? Yes, absolutely. Again, uh, 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 you know, it, it has that same thing of uh, quite old-fashioned, pulpy science fiction where it's just like, and here is the point we are making. Yeah. Bonk, you know, hits you over the head with it. But it's a kid's show. I, I, and I think the futility of war is still a pretty heady topic to be to be tackling full-on the way this does in, 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 you know, essentially a knockabout kid's show. Mm-hmm. Um, so credit where credit's due there, I think. And I, and ultimately didn't see it coming. Um, and it, it's nice to be surprised by something like this. So, yeah. Right. So Kudlak blows up the computer and begs mm-hmm. for forgiveness. When, yeah. when he took the name, part of me was just hoping, just like, just cut his head off. <laughs> you know. That's what he wants. Right. But um, uh, he vows yeah. to return all the children that he's taken to their homes. I mean, to be fair, absolute bare minimum he could do at this stage. Yeah, yeah. They've been fighting. <laughs> Round up years. all the ones that haven't been slaughtered and have just been traumatized. Absolutely. It's an easy promise to make when half of them are dead, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Right. So they all go home. Yeah. It turns out Grantham has disappeared. Yeah. Do you think we're going to be getting uh, Grantham back? Oh, again? David, I hope so because he's so sexy. Two kisses. Yeah. And a girl kisses Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... Yeah, it's the one that Clyde fancied, isn't it? I think so. And yeah. they take Lance home, and his mum yeah. is surprisingly cool about the whole fact that he's been missing for what three four days she's just like oh cheers sarah jane bye yeah yeah good stuff yeah thank you very much yeah and the episode ends because luke wants to learn about girls yeah all right yeah you see what i mean like that i I really am i am already so over luke knowing nothing about uh you know, human society. Yeah. It, it I, is a bit I, like... I need that to end. A bit like lesson of the week, isn't it? Just like, but I don't understand. Yeah. Is war bad, Mum? War is bad, Luke. <laughs> the end. <laughs> what is a joke? Yeah. 
How do how do joke do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, that it, it it it's fine for now. It, <laughs> like I, I I will give them the duration of this series to get that all out of their system. But if he's still doing this shit in series 2, I'm going to be rolling my eyes at it. At the end obviously once we finish series 1, we're going to watch series 1 of Torchwood. Yes. What are we? That's what point. is going to happen if Torchwood's so bad? We're like baying for Sarah Jane Adventures. <laughs> I can see it happening. I could see it happening. Oh Who God. knows? We'll see. I, I said it last uh, week. But anyway, I'll we... say it again, David. I never thought I'd be like pining over missing Doctor Who. We could be doing that. We could. We could be watching Marco Polo right now. Yeah. Or at least. The reconstructions. You know what? Of it. In in some moments of weakness, yeah. I was like, I regret it. all those times David asked if I'm a Doctor Who fan. <laughs> Please come back. Yeah, you know, absence make the heart makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. Mm. Um, but on that note, I think uh, all that remains is for me to let you know what we're watching next week, Matt. Ooh. And it's a story that I believe is entitled Whatever Happened to Sarah Jane? Mm. I mean, presume, I, I thought that had already been sort of uh, established yeah. in the preceding four stories yeah. <laughs> and school reunion. And um, I mean, there's obviously there's a couple of big Finnish series that were done prior to, to, to the 2005 revival. Pretty sure she turns up in some of the... Uh, novels published during the wilderness years so you know there's plenty of material out there that answers that question adequately as far as i can tell but nonetheless um that is the title of next week's story so until then uh, as always thank you very much for listening until next time cheerio Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.